Hello and welcome to this Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the founder and CEO of Law in Sport. In this podcast, we have an exclusive interview with Uric Komuth, president of SportRadar US. Recently, SportsRadar US have agreed a deal with the NFL to be the exclusive worldwide distributor of comprehensive NFL statistics to digital outlets. In this interview, we discuss the business model of SportRadar, sports data analytics market, the daily fantasy sports market, and the opening up of the US sports betting market. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy the show. So to start off with then, I thought it'd be really useful if you could just give us a brief overview of your role um, and tell us a little bit about Sports Radar US and what you guys are up to, because you seem to be at the forefront of of data and sport. So it'd be good, I think, for our, our listeners and readers to understand what it is you're doing and how you fit it in, in the, the wider sports business picture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe just by, by starting on on the very top, like SportRadar Group, our, our global company, is actually the, um, the the global leader with regards to sports data and sports content. Um, and we are, we are operating on a truly global basis um, with operations, uh, you know, ranging from North America to South America, very strong in Europe. And, and also very strong in Asia. And we basically have um, more than uh, 30 offices in more than 20 countries. So we are really, um, we really try to be very close to um, where the sports events happen. And on the other side, also where um, our customers are. About uh, one and a half years ago, we, we acquired a company in the, in the US, in Minneapolis. Um, the company was called Sports Data. And at that time, the company really represented what um, our operations and our um, business credo is, is actually all about, that we are very strong in terms of technology and also very strong with regards to the quality and the speed of the data that we're providing to our customers. And uh, the, the US operations in Minneapolis actually mirrored that quite well. And over the last um, <clears throat> 18 months, we um, you know integrated on the one side the company that we actually able to distribute um, all of our global content within one interface to our customers. And on the other side, we also invested into into the infrastructure. We moved into new offices in, in Minneapolis, a new 20,000 square foot office, which is, you know, really light, transparent, lots of glass, and also reflecting our our, our business uh, credo. And on, <clears throat> on the other side, it was also part of our plans in, in the US. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the most important uh, sports markets globally that we actually become one of the leading players also on the US market. And therefore, I think getting, you know, doing all our homework by, um, by, by making sure that the infrastructure is really top notch and things are um, coordinated also with our international operations, that was the first step. And the next step was always that we are actually moving closer to leagues and actually strike deals also with the leagues. And that's what we did um, at the end of last year um, as a first deal with NASCAR where we provide the, um, the the tracking data, like all the all the cars are chipped, and um, you basically get get a get a lot of detailed uh, data out of the cars, and we are um, distributing these data to uh, to customers. And the second step now um, has been uh, entering into an agreement with the NFL, where we actually also get their tracking data, but also their traditional data um, to uh, to distribute those uh, to to customers. <clears throat> and and that's a little bit. Um, what what our US US operations are all about? Like it's, it's very important for us the, uh, to, to have also a strong footprint on the US market. And um, just to to come back a little bit to to my role, 
Um, I'm actually running um, the business development and the M&A department um, on, a, on a global level f- uh, for, for our group. And since I acquired um, uh, sports data at that time and, and also was very heavily involved into the business development and the, the development of the U.S. market, um, I'm, I'm still the president of, of the company, but I'm, I'm not in an operational role. I'm more in a strategic and, and board role for the U.S. market. Um, it's, it's a fascinating business. And can you just talk about some of the other services? So you've got in the U.S., you, you're obviously looking at, at sports data and, and, and you distribute that. But can you just say about some of the other services you offer and how they, they interplay? Um, and I guess what do you see the sort of future of data in, in sport? And then we can come on to maybe discuss some of the sort of legal issues that you face on a sort of day-to-day basis or when you're striking such agreements as you have with the NFL or NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely. So we're mainly, um, <clears throat> we mainly have a different business verticals um, that, that we have um, across all, all of our regions. Um, one of the business verticals is obviously um, what we call content solutions. That's um, solutions that we're providing for media companies, online companies, also fantasy gaming pro- uh, providers. Then we have our our um, gaming vertical, which basically provides odd services and also trading products to, to bookmakers. And um, then we also have uh, several smaller um, verticals, like uh, a streaming vertical, where we provide uh, streaming services for online and, and retail uh, customers, and, and also security services, where we monitor global betting markets um, and notifying a corporation with the federations the, the federations if any um if, if we have any indication that match manipulation is going on but uh, the, the two bigger ones are actually on the one side the the content solutions vertical and the um betting vertical and in, in europe and in asia we have both verticals and in the u.s market we only have the um the content vertical since um gaming is obviously illegal in the u.s markets and um, we are actually very strict that um, neither our U.S. operation is somehow involved in uh, delivering services to gaming customers. And on the other side also, you know, when we strike a deal with the NFL, obviously also the NFL content cannot be distributed on a global basis to any, to any gaming customer. It's, it's an interesting landscape. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, to carry on. Yeah, just maybe as a, as a last point, um, I think the, the NFL actually chose us as a partner in particular also because we're not only a data distribution partner, we're also a, um, a development partner. And I think in particular for um, for their new um, data category tracking data or a new generation stats, how they call it, um, it is actually quite important. Neither customers nor the NFL nor us to 100% um, know exactly what um, the the applications or the products coming out of these new data uh, this new data category will look like, and therefore it's also quite important that we are um, moving downstream, and, and that's what we already did in Europe, and we are now doing in the in the US as well. That we're also moving downstream in the in the value chain um, to create also product out of our out of our core data, out out of our raw material data. So there's a couple of points that you raised there that were really interesting. One is obviously the, the discussion around daily uh, fantasy sport in the US and the sports betting market. And we're seeing Adam Silver from the NBA, you know, with his um, edot, where he basically said that he thinks it's time that given the, the rise in daily fantasy sport and the question marks over whether or not that is betting, that the US market should be opened up. And I presume that you, whilst you recognise the, the existing laws that are in place, um, that I must create or you must have one eye to think, wow, this may be an opportunity in the future. 
to you know to provide solutions for for the leagues and for for the for the betting market. Yeah, you know, absolutely, like you said, on on the one side, you know, we fully respect obviously the um, the uh, regulatory framework, and therefore um, at the moment, um, gaming betting is is not an option for us in the US market. That might change in the future, um, but uh, for for the time being, um, you know, daily fantasy, even though it's probably very close to to gaming. Um, is is legal in the US market, and therefore we're providing services to to such customers. And and obviously, given our heritage, we also would be in a very strong position to very quickly ramp up also um, a product portfolio for for US sports for the gaming market. But that's not um, part of our plans, and we are, um, you know, basically as <laughs> following um, the you know the the daily press communication of the of the different league officials. And, and other stakeholders in that um, in these discussions as interested as you probably do. Totally. Um, and so I wonder if you could tell us or give us some insight into some of the legal considerations when you're striking such a deal, particularly for non-US sports fans. Um, they may not be so aware of, of what goes on with the, with the NFL, but you know, I looked at the next generation stats and it's really sort of market-leading stuff they're doing there on, on live broadcast. I wonder if you could go into that. Um, and then if you could just give us a glimpse of some of the legal considerations you had to consider when striking a deal in terms of who owns the data, how that's, who owns it when it's captured, who owns it when it's passed on and distributed in the licensing agreements that you have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, obviously, if, if you strike a deal um, with, with the league, there's, um, the, the league obviously has, very clear under, has a very clear understanding of how the data actually should be used. And that's typically also, um, uh, you know, um, um, displayed quite quite clearly in the agreement. Like we we basically have um, different um, end customer groups or, or customer groups um, which are addressed in the agreement, and we also can sell the the data in different tiers. Like um, <clears throat> there, there's on the one side there's the traditional play by play data, um, which is which is one tier, and then there's different categories of what kind of information from the tracking uh, system you can actually add to. Uh, to data feeds or to products, and that's basically how we can how we can sell such data. Um, and uh, the um, the the deal itself is is a global one, like it's not only restricted on the U.S. market. And I think um, part of the reason why um, the the NFL chose us is probably also because we have a very strong international footprint. And as you know, the NFL is is moving for a few games to to London now. And uh, it's probably um, one of their targets also to become uh, more interesting on an international basis. And um, so the, the deal is basically exclusive. Like uh, we are the only ones having the rights to the data. Um, it's international and it's going for, uh, for uh, the coming, coming four seasons. Great. And does that present any problems for you? I know that you're very experienced with working on it in international markets, but as in transferring data, does that create with different jurisdictions? So, say, for example, in Europe, uh, where there's different data protection laws and, um, you know, across Asia and, and the Middle East, etc. Does that create um, any difficulties for you or something that you're looking at? Because technology moves much faster than regulation. Um, and sometimes, you know, without meaning to, it can inhibit, you know, Good commercial practices um, make it make it a bit difficult. Is that something you've you've encountered? Well, it's it's, it's obviously like we're not dealing with uh, consumer data. We're actually dealing with um, sports statistics, and I'm not sure how many um, how many data protection laws are are there around um, uh, sports data. But um, you know, we, we actually only distribute the 
the, the data where we have the official right to distribute them in, on a global basis. And therefore, um, you know, we have an international um, IT infrastructure um, and, uh, you know, also serve customers in, in 80 different countries globally. And therefore, I don't foresee that um, this will pose any legal, um, legal issues on us, that we're also uh, in a position to distribute the NFL data on an international basis. How do you see the growth of a sort of daily fantasy sports um, and sports radar US fitting in? So, you know, you've got this deal with, with the NFL, NASCAR. Are there other, you know, potential deals in the pipeline? Do you see this as, you know, obviously, it's a, the, as you said, the US is such a, a big market uh, for sports and sports data. Um, how do you see, I guess, it evolving over the next year and then into like five, ten years? What do you see the sort of trends are and opportunities? No, we're we're obviously also in discussions with with other leagues, um, and if uh, you know commercially it makes sense, we also try to strike deals with with other leagues to actually extend our product portfolio. Um, but I think we we very clearly want to stay in a B two B position. That um, you know we we have different uh, customer verticals. We're distributing the data in the US to to media companies, to um, online agencies, to to app providers, to mobile providers, to um, technology companies like like Samsung who are powering their their smart TV um, with with such a solution, and and obviously one of them uh, these categories is also daily or um, season long fantasy, but um, we actually um, don't want to become a, um, you know a product offerer who is actually in a, in direct contact with the end consumer. We actually always uh, try to be in a in a B two P position that we're not competing with with our respective customers. I, I noticed that. It's, is, am I right that it's Zebra Technologies who provide the the actual chip uh, for the NFL? Which it's actually um, the the NFL actually chose to split the value chain in half. Like on the one side, there's the data collection, and that's uh, taken care of zebra, uh, by Zebra. They they equip um, the stadium for the technology. They also equip the the shoulder pads of the players with the chip. And um, then they compile the data, they forward these data to us, and then normalizing the data, indexing it, um, compiling it also with play-by-play information and distribution to customers. That's then on, uh, that's uh, the, the service that we are providing to the NFL. Wow. And just to give, this is more of a sort of a sports fan's perspective now. Um, so just give us an example, if you can, just to finish off. You know, with, with the games taking place, you know, sort of what's happening within that change. You've got Zebra, have got the chips in place, you've got Ian Stadia, the data's being captured, you're taking it, normalising it. What's the, how quickly is all of that process done and delivered out? Well, as you know, the TV pictures uh, in the US are quite uh, delayed, like broadcasting is quite delayed of between um, 20 or 25 seconds. And, and therefore, um, you know, our data services should be significantly faster. Like we expect uh, to... Um, to address these data available, um, probably more depending on the on the play-by-play information, which is, is done is, is entered in a more uh, human way, but um, significantly faster than the 25 seconds. And you know, applications could be, for instance, that um, you know the the exact distance between players of the defense line, you know, the acceleration um, a wide receiver has um, if if he's you know if he's uh, if he starts running uh, for the ball also top speed of players, and, and that's probably really crucial information that is really uh, interesting if you can pro- provide it very soon after a play or maybe also as a statistic um, just prior to to an action of the NFL. That's incredible. It really is um, amazing, and it, it, yeah, it's fascinating to see the opportunities that it creates, obviously, for brands for engagement, for leagues for engagement, uh, and improving the user experience. So I look forward to 
to watching that over the course of the next season. Um, well, thank you very much for your time. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it, and I, I look forward to seeing how, it, how the data market um, continues to develop at rapid pace in the US and internationally. John, thanks a lot also for, for your time. And, you know, I, I can actually only mirror um, <laughs> that what you're saying. Um, we also believe that, um, you know, the, the, the data market in the US, market, uh, in the US but also globally, is just really developing quite quite quickly. And, uh, you know, we're actually also looking forward to, to see what's actually happening on the, on the product side, on the visualization side. And we hope to be a driving force in that process. Well, sadly, that's all we have time for for this show. But thanks for tuning in. Remember, for all your expert commentary and analysis on the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport, go to lawinsport.com. Find us on Twitter at lawinsport. You can go to our Facebook page, our LinkedIn group, our LinkedIn company page. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sean Law in Sport. Have a great week.